Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What is up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? Thank you for joining us for a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time here, hello. And what we do is we are the podcast that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. And we do it one track at a time. I am your co-host, Mark Kamire. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, how you feeling tonight? I'm feeling really good. I just got back from the gym. I uh, went and uh, pumped some iron. I heard a great Van Halen tune on the way home, which is going to inspire my manifestation. And I got the whiskey pouring here. I took my whiskey home. I'm ready to rock and roll. And this week is the patron show. We bring our patrons on to talk Van Halen with us. So without further ado, Mr. Kamire, why don't you give him that, that proper Mark Kamire introduction? The proper introduction. Well, at this point, they are honorary members uh, of the show, as we have we have a few of those. But uh, because they are special patrons, they get to join us on the show, and therefore they get their own introduction. So please welcome back to the show, Michael and Josh. Come on up, boys. How you guys hey. doing? Doing great. Good to be here. Good to be here. I look forward to this show every single month because we get you boys on. Matt Lacoste usually joins us too. Uh, couldn't make it tonight, so we're going to get him on just as soon as he's able. But glad to have you two on here, uh, ready to talk a little Van Halen. Lots going on in the world of Van Halen as usual. So, Oh, please. Oh, you want to go right to the uh, Van Halen yeah, news let's, desk? Let's, let's go, go right into it. There's so much to talk about. All right. Well, of course, everyone is talking about the uh, the remastered box set uh, that, that that's coming out. You can now pre-order that right on the uh, Van Halen web store. Uh, so I would recommend everybody go do that. They're going to be fantastic. Uh, all the best Sammy Hagar albums from Van Halen uh, being released. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a, a good remaster on OU812. I, I think that, oh, that's no the one kidding. that kind of needs it, it needs the most. It, it yeah. absolutely needs it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I was listening to some balance tracks today, and I'm like, how do you improve this? Like, balance is already... Uh, in, I'm, I'm prepared to get struck down by lightning by all the David Lee Roth fans. I think it's their best sounding album. Ooh, you uh, bring forth the wrath of uh, the Rothians. <laughs> you, you know they're coming. I, see, I read an interview from Wolfie, and Wolfie said the same thing. He thinks it's yep. the best sounding, and it's his favorite Sam one. So phenomenal sounding record, Bruce Fairburn, great producer. Uh huh. Well, that's where everyone went to improve the sound of the records. They went up to Vancouver. Be a bon- studio Motley Crew. Yep. Joe Smith. All right, Ryan Powell is on my side. Corey is correct. That is the first time this year I have been correct. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. You're my new favorite patron. All right, let's go back to the Van Halen News Desk. Uh, Michael Anthony did an interview with him. Uh, he reveals his firsthand account of the effects of the Maui wildfires. He was uh, on vacation in Hawaii, and they just him and his wife just got out of uh, Hawaii uh, before they kind of shut everything down. So uh, everybody's uh, in, in disbelief about the horror that's happening in Hawaii right now. And, of course, our thoughts go out to everybody uh, suffering through these wildfires. Uh, terrible situation. Absolutely. Um, speaking of terrible situations, David Lee Roth released an EP 
uh, back in 1985 uh, that featured California girls. And they have a, a great interview with uh, engineer Mark Lynette. It is actually our good friend, uh, Darren Paltrowitz, who did that uh, interview on the uh, yeah. Paltrow cast. Uh, he's actually going to be one of the uh, celebrities, if you will, who's going to be ranking uh, Fair Warning with us on our live show on August 28th. But he did a great interview with Mark Lynette about uh, the uh, California Girls sessions. He did a lot of Beach Boy stuff, too. So uh, <laughs> that's a really cool one. Uh, the big news for fans of Wolfie, uh, Mammoth Van Halen, uh, so much for the sophomore slump. Uh, album sales twice as good on Mammoth 2 than they were for Mammoth 1. Uh, really impressive uh, first week of sales. Let's see, uh, he hit number one on Billboard's Independent Current Albums chart, the Rock Albums chart, the Hard Rock Albums chart, and the Digital Albums chart. Uh, he also placed number four on the album sales, vinyl albums, and current album sales charts. Hell so. Yeah fantastic debut for mammoth 2 it hasn't left my turntable since i got it i finally got my yeah. my, my pinwheel color splatter version from the mammoth store uh wolfie signed uh, the insert uh fantastic record everybody should go check that out if you haven't already i got it too and you know what's interesting wolf is a very good marketer if you see all the things he does on his mm -hmm. website and all the different versions of albums he has like the one you got i got one too and it's like why doesn't his uncle <laughs> Just look over here and do those things like for the new remasters or for anything. You know, he, it, it seems Wolf knows what he's doing for all of this. Yeah, and us old guys are a sucker for colored vinyl, I tell you, because he has like four or five different colored versions of his record. I'm like, geez, I, I almost have to kind of get them all. I've only got the one so far. I mean, couldn't Alex sign stuff for the new, uh, or Sammy or Mikey, and they could have yeah. randomly signed uh, posters or something in the album? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like uh, for unlawful, you got to put that in cherry red vinyl, right? Uh, balance. Please you have that, that kind of yes. gross mustard color. Uh, Fifty-one fifty, <laughs> like oh, you can do all sorts of things. But yeah, we're we're getting kind of a bare bones re release. We're getting the albums remastered, mm -hmm. and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg uh, to get uh, for unlawful and balance mm -hmm. on vinyl. So that's really the big thing. Let's not look a gift horse in the mouth. That's uh that's the uh the biggest selling point for Corey, in fact. Yeah. Because you know, because I've already know, spent, I've Yeah, already this man has spent those. ungodly amounts of money on uh on just a few records and what have you. So it's uh it, it, it's good. It's good that uh for uh, budgetary reasons uh this uh remastering shall be affordable. Yeah. And uh finally uh, Billboard magazine listed their top 50 greatest rock lead singers of all time. And we were talking about this in the Discord about a different list. Uh, and it was the top, you know, the ranking of the 48 Sammy Hagar tracks. Whenever mm. you click on those, you're bound to be pissed off because they're, they're just clickbait. They're, they're going to put shit in there just to piss people off. But Diamond David Lee Roth made the list. Uh, does anybody mm. on the call, uh, did you read the article? Do you know where uh, Diamond Dave placed on the top 50 lead singers of all time? I didn't read it, and you know why. Can you guess? Where do you think? Should we play Price is Right? <laughs> already? You want to go into it already? <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, we're Where ruining the format. There Rock? it is. <laughs> what do you um, think, Mark? Okay. And this is, uh, remind me, this is the Billboard's Top 100. Top 50. Top 50. Okay, okay. Yes. I think for rock vocalists or just vocalists? Uh, rock vocalists in particular. Oh, okay, okay. David Lee Roth probably, I'm gonna assume he placed at least in the top ten. Uh, so, but I think maybe not not so far down. I'm gonna say he made nine. Nine? All right, yeah. Michael, do you have a guess? I don't. I, 
he should be at that number, but I think they, they didn't give him that much love. I'm going to say, I'm going to double that to 18. That's 18, more, all right. Josh? <laughs> uh, depending on who's polled, um, I'm going to say 37. 37. Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> if we were going closest to without going over, Josh would win. The correct answer is 20th. Mm. Well, oh, you were close, Michael. Um, yep, he was closest too. But technically, he would have went over if one is the highest. He's yeah, at 18. So. But uh, he, he finished just ahead of Jim Morrison and I mean, just behind <laughs> Kathleen Hanna of Bikini Kill. Huh. That First of all, the fact that <laughs> Kathleen even got a mention in a Billboard Top 50 is pretty extraordinary, so kudos. And then on the other hand, I go, really? All right, that's a, that's 19 a choice. for Kathleen Hanna, yeah. Who was number one? Number one, Mick Jagger. Oh. Okay. Stevie see, Nicks, number two. Well, see, that's why I that's why I, I counted Dave so high, is because I, it was Billboard Top 50, so you got to take you got to take in popularity uh, for one thing into account. So I just kind of figured just on popularity on billboard charts alone, uh, day probably gets up pretty high, but 20 that that's all right. Uh, 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 but Stevie Nicks is number two and Mick Jagger was number one. Come on. Yeah, that that put Freddie Mercury at number three. See, fuck off. <laughs> fuck right yeah. off. Yeah. I don't, is, well, did Sammy well, make the list? No Sammy Hagar at all. Sammy didn't make the top 50 rock singers? No. No. Okay, so the list is a sham. I'm sorry. I'm saying it. That list is a sham, but whatever. It's fine. Go ahead, okay, Josh. There's... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just going to say they can fuck all the way off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay, you. Now, help me out here. I, I, yeah. I know some music, but I don't know a lot of music. Number 46, Polystyrene from the X-Ray Specs made it Never before Sammy Hagar. Them. Never heard of them. And I'm sure in their heyday they were probably great. And to all the uh, the fans out there, sorry, but also who? Gustavo Cerati from Soda Stereo was number 33, beating beating Grace Slick, Joe Strummer, Iggy Pop, Paul McCartney. Ugh. Where is Steve Perry on that list? Steve Perry is number 30. He okay. is sandwiched. He was sandwiched between Laura Jane Grace from Against Me and Ann Wilson of Heart, who should have been much higher than 29, if you ask me. Oh, well, there you go. If you didn't think the list was a sham before, now <laughs> yeah. that Ann is Wilson, a... Ann Wilson, 29. <laughs> I... Oh, oof, no. How about Rob Halford, mm. 24? Like, come on. Let's, let's give metal some love, man. Come on. No, they'll never give they'll never give metal love. Like, did, did Ozzy even make the top 10? Ozzy... He didn't make the top 10. He's number 32. I wouldn't have put him in top 10, but 32 is way, way back there. Yeah, that's that's way low. Out of 50, that's way. Where's Dean? Jazz is like, Dean in the weenies. <laughs> Dean in the weenies. He'd probably that's probably a real band. Sammy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Scott said Sammy should have been 55. He Great can't answer. drive 55, and you know that, Scott. <laughs> That is, that's repulsive. That's absolutely repulsive. Like, get out of here with this bullshit. I want to know what the, you shouldn't have told me this, Corey, because now, do you know what's going to happen? Uh, I'm going to give you the top 10. Give me the, okay, yes. We're we're staying on this. I'm sorry, we're doing this. Yeah, Mick Jagger, (laughs) number one. Stevie Nicks, number two. Freddie Mercury, number three. Robert Plant, number four. 
Led Zeppelin, right? Okay. Yeah, of course. Of Kurt course. Cobain, number five. Okay. Uh, number six, David Byrne from Talking Heads. Mm. <laughs> number okay. Yeah. Number seven, Debbie Harry from Blondie. Mm-hmm. Number eight, George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic. A great rock rock and roll band there. He barely sings, but okay, go ahead. Yeah. Number nine, Bono. Bono doesn't even know how to sing. He Bono's a really good frontman and a really great lyricist. Vocally, he's kind of challenged. Ooh, I'm gonna fight you real hard on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I really like you too. Bono, I think, is vocally challenged. And number ten, Axl Rose. Okay. Where's that guy, Steven Tyler? Is he on the list or? Steven Tyler's number fourteen. Fourteen. Chaz is wondering about Roger Daltrey. He yeah. comes in at number twelve. But where was Steve Perry again? Thirty. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit, dude. I don't care. Look, I don't care if you if if everyone out there is just like, well, you know, whatever. Fuck Journey. Like, yeah, you don't have to like Journey. But do you know how incredible of a vocalist <laughs> Steve Perry was? Like, Steve holy fucking Perry. He's top ten all shit. day, right? Yeah, yeah, but even okay, but let's forget Steve Perry. Have you ever heard Ann Wilson in Heart? Have you ever heard <laughs> that woman sing? Holy shit! Oh, uh, oh, you shouldn't have told me one. this list. <laughs> Jazz Charles, Daryl Hall, didn't make it. No Daryl <laughs> Hall on the list. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what else. Dio, because Ozzy was 32. Where was Dio? Yeah, where was Dio? <laughs> oh, no Dio. But for- <gasps> Unbelievable. Well, what no I idea. tell you, they don't—they don't like metal. They don't like metal. Yeah. No, no Getty yeah. Lee either, Scott. I know Chaz wants to start a Rush podcast regarding <laughs> Rush. I'm all for it, by the way, Chaz. Do it, buddy. I think it's a great idea. But yeah, Getty Lee, great Canadian, not on the list. How about Chris Cornell? Oh, uh, yeah. Chris Cornell, I did see his name here. It's number seventeen. He is between Jack wow. White at eighteen and Michael Stipe from REM at sixteen. The fact that Jack White is even on this list is you want to talk about someone who is vocally challenged, uh, Corey, Jack White. I know like I will give you that. Yeah. No diss. I, I think actually in, in person he's a good dude and I know he has tried. I don't know how hard he's tried, but he's tried to make, you know, Nashville tolerable in, in the midst of everything. He he puts a lot of yeah. money in it. That being said, his music is is not for me, but his vocals are just like, what, bro? Stop yeah. it. Um, How about Lane Staley? Nope. Didn't make the list. I was list. about to say, I, I guarantee you he didn't make the list, which is also a crime. Ah, this is stupid. This this chart is so <laughs> stupid. Kurt Cobain. Look, I'm, no, I'm not disrespecting the dead here, but Kurt Cobain made number five. Is that what you said? Number, number five. five. Vocalists. Vocalists. Vocalists, yeah. Number five. We're not... It, we're, the, the, the chart... The, the, the list is not for top 50 front people. Not right. top 50, uh, 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 like, who's got the best stage present? None of that. Mm-hmm. It was vocalists, which means, like, who's got the best vocals in rock music out of these 50 people? Kurt Cobain's number five, <laughs> and Steve Perry is, oh. He's 30. I'm never going <laughs> to. <laughs> like, I'm never going to stop talking about it, which means Bruce Dickinson's probably not on that list either. Not on the is, list. That, that's absolute, that is absurdity in the highest level. And no deal. And no Beyonce and no, either, Charles, sorry. No, yeah. Well, no Beyonce. And I guess they, no Gary either, right? We just no said Gary, rock music. Somehow. So. No Gary, this? no. Uh, Apologies. Uh, th- this one's for Kevin Brown. I'm pretty sure he hates Gwen Stefani. 37. Yeah, no. I hate Gwen Stefani <laughs> too. So, no. Mm-mm. Yep. Uh, Courtney so, Love is on the list. Courtney fucking Love. 
is number 43. Well, Kurt made it, so of course Courtney's going to make it. Um, about, uh, here, here's a good one, I thought. Corey Glover from Living Color is 45. At least he made the list. Yeah, at like the, the back end of it, but yeah. who is number 50? Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I, I like Zachy, but... He doesn't sing. He's not a he's not a vocalist. What he's what he is doing is not like and he would tell you that. He's like, No, I don't I'm not the singer, I'm just I'm the front person. It's like I'm oh. I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> Here, here's a good one, Chaz. David Coverdale? Not on the list. But you know what? Dave Grohl is forty eight. Dave Grohl sings because he has to, I think. Yeah. I don't think because he likes to. <laughs> yeah. It's not the drummer list. It's not the top 50. No, it's drummer. not the yeah, drummer list. He, he'd be much higher than 48, I think. But Dear uh, dear people Chiron, who, work, nope, no who work at Sorry, Billboard yeah. who obviously listen to this show, I just want to tell you, you've done a terrible job. Do better. Be better. Get your head out of your asses. Um, Liam Gallagher should... made it. Get your head out of your asses. <laughs> Jack, Jack Black yeah. belongs on the list. Absolutely. Over some of the, like Brittany Howard from Alabama Shakes. I don't see the appeal of Alabama Shakes. I, I, I don't either. No, no diss. Like, I, again, I'm sure they're great people, but it's just not, I don't get it. And she's certainly not a better, she probably was higher ranked than Ann Wilson. And I'm sorry, she's not a better singer than Ann Wilson. No, but God, uh, really. ahead of Ann Wilson were Anthony Kiedis, Lou Reed, Tom York, Janice Joplin, Rob Halford, Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, Eddie Vedder. Jim Morrison. Those are just the first 10 ahead of I take it back. You're wrong about Bono, and I'm wrong about Jack White being vocally challenged. Uh, the chick from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs is, is literally vocally <laughs> challenged, and I don't. I have never seen the appeal of that, but we got to move on because I'm getting heated from this because this <laughs> is like, ugh. And, and now when the show is over, uh, if you guys uh, you want to follow me at Mark the Bat on Twitter, there's a good, good chance, depending on how many yes, more of uh, these drinks I have, there's going to be either a rant or I'm just going to go after the source directly. <laughs> so it's like, you're all terrible. You've done a terrible job. This is the stupidest list ever. Fuck you. I know you're doing it for the clicks. Congratulations. So, uh, so stay tuned for that <laughs> if yeah. you if you will. Or if you're you're listening to this show, you're not with the lurkers. Uh, by the time this is uh, released, you've probably already seen it. So you can let me know how you felt about that. Any Metallica uh, fans? James Hetfield. The answer is no. No, because it's it's metal. It's in it's Metallica, metal. you know, and it's like, and also it's James Hetfield. I wouldn't put him top fifty either, but that's just my personal thing. How does Dio not make it though? I, yeah. dude, I know, I know. So, uh, but you know what? You know it did make it. You know it made it in the high percentage. Uh, last week's song that we covered. So this is love. Yes. Uh, not only that, it it was a uh, an astounding ninety point eight percent, almost ninety one percent. What the dream is. Uh, the dreams. Are, what dreams are made of. Uh, versus the nine point two dream is over. Um, and I kind of had a feeling this one was gonna go over pretty well. Uh, I didn't think it was gonna be that well. Uh, did you have a prediction for that? Uh, nowhere near 91, uh, to be honest with yeah. you. But people love this record. Uh, it's one of the highest. Like, look at Mean Street. I I'm going to, to Chaz's uh, Chazalytics here uh, from last week. Thank you again very much, Chaz. Uh, mean Street was 96.7. Dirty Movies was 81. Center Swing, 89. Hear About It Later was only 88. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Unchained, 95. Push Comes to Shove was 87. Uh, so This Is Love, 91. And then One Foot Out the Door was 86. So I am sh I am shocked it, it hit the 90 percentile. Yeah like so high but uh 
But going through and uh, listening to what, uh, or reading rather, what people are saying about it, uh, go over to uh, the poll and uh, look at the tweets. And if you guys want your tweet guaranteed read, because we love it. We love it when you guys interact with us. We love your tweets. We read them all. But if you want your tweet specifically read on the show, join our Patreon. Uh, We will have a tier for you. So I'm going to read from uh, the tweets of our patrons, starting with our buddy Sean McGinnity from Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast. He says... This holds a little more love just because this was the first video I saw after discovering Van Halen. That live performance gave me much more love for Mikey. This is a great song. Great song off their best album. So, uh, Sean right there. I mean, he's he's mentioned before uh, how much he loves that album. So, that there, that's no shocker. Um, but there you go. So, maybe some nostalgia comes into play for some of these people. Let's see what, ev- what uh, everyone else is saying. Our friend Ryan Powell says, So This Is Love is such a strong backbeat rocker with one of the best examples of Eddie's use of space in a solo. I love the high-energy offbeat clapping to close it out. Easy, joy-filled, what uh, dreams are made of. Thumbs up. I enjoy the bass decrescendo in the intro to lead into the verse as well. So uh, so there you go. Yeah, he's real into it. A lot of people not a fan uh, of the bass fading out there. So No, but, you know, what, what are you going to do, right? Uh, Scott Everett says, Van Halen explores themes of romance and the emotions associated with falling in love. Showcases the band's blend of hard rock and pop sensibilities. The song features catchy hooks, strong guitar riffs, and lively rhythm section. The video is Van Halen at its best live. So, uh, I I didn't see the live video of this, so I guess I'm going to have to go back and, uh, and check that out. Because that's uh, people seem to be talking about it. Brad Gould says, "Fantastic blues song, definitely a bit of a rock jam. The bass turned down makes sense. It happens throughout the song. Low volume every time Dave sings the verse, but not the chorus. Drums too, but a little less pronounced. Gives the song a bit of a dynamic range." Uh, he says, "Ed solos. The outro is a solo. Uh, the outro is a solo. They're all fantastic." Uh, might be some of his best overall playing. The rhythm parts during the verse is definitely in the less uh, is more care. <laughs> is definitely in the less is more category. Definitely what dreams are made of. Hat tip to Chaz uh, and Mark. Don't cover. Don't forget the uh, cover sheet uh, as a little reference for last week's uh, last week's show. So if you uh, didn't, if you missed that reference, uh, go check that show out from last week. And the aforementioned Chaz says, if you're downvoting this song, you are automatically assigned a category in the database. It rhymes with smasshole. Uh, I have a personality disorder. This much is faux show. So getting sassy with our uh, our Twitter peeps. So, thank you so much for that. Scott Monroe says, I echo everything Chaz said. The brown sound, the snare, the swagger, the groove. It's liquid uh, what dreams are made of in a bottle. Party rock that somehow still fits the darker, down-and-dirty vibe of the album. Now for the mini-festo, because it's Scott Monroe, and you know you're not getting out of it without one. So he says, we talk a lot about how untouchable Eddie Van Halen is, but let's also concede David Lee Roth can be, too. I'm not... Succeed. I'm not. No, I'm not conceding that at all. Anyway, but he he says uh, it's on full display here. David Lee Roth swagger oozes with authenticity, while some can imitate it. None can sell it like Dave. Uh, some of his best shrieks and screams on this one too. Finally, I've reflected on the bass fade mistake, quote unquote, that bothers us all. I'm okay with it. 
It's more Van Halen sounding unpolished and raw. It's part of the charm. I imagine Templeman and Landy snorting in the control room, accidentally hitting a knob and going, ah, fuck it, leave it in. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I definitely agree with you about Dave's swagger. Like, he sells it like nobody else. That's, that's for sure. Uh, but I'm not going to concede that uh, he's untouchable because I've already, uh, I've already mentioned. Like, it's like, no, he's very touchable. Uh, in a, you know what I mean. He's not perfect. He's not perfect. So we're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and pretend. Um, but moving on here, Rave Flav uh, said, "I was ready and equipped for this one. As a matter of fact, I got myself a brand new Oakland scarf right here. Uh, I'm assuming that means that he was he was he was in for it. He 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 wanted it. So uh, uh, love the uh, Greg Zito." says love the analytics by Chaz. Uh, this song hits the sweet spot. Every member of the band shines on this track. I never felt that this song got its due or the radio play it deserved. I I mean yeah I could I could definitely hear this as a radio track, but uh, it would it personally wouldn't have been one of my favorites to listen to a lot. But I dig it. I dig it. Uh, Perlineker. He says, love this one. My favorite from Fair Warning, although every time I hear it, I wonder why they turned down the volume of the bass so noticeably. There's a common theme here. Um, you're not wrong. Yeah, we all felt it. We all, uh, we're, we're with you, man. We're with you. Uh, what does Chaz say in the chat there? The grass was never greener and there's plenty around. I think that's a top three lyric of date. <clears throat> ah, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. It's a good one. Moving uh, Jeff Brewer uh, also uh, he he added some other stuff into the uh, into the Twitter, but then he says it's a testament to the greatness of Fair Warning that a song this good is not at least in my top three for the album. Mean Street, Unchained, and Hear About It Later take those spots. This song is tied for the fourth place with Dirty Movies and Push Comes to Shove. Clearly, what dreams are made of. So, um, I would agree. I would agree this one uh, wouldn't be my top three. I don't know. Would it? Uh, would this? Would so? This is love. Be in the top three from this album for any one of you? No. Well, I, I don't want to tip my hand because we're doing the ranking show on August twenty sixth. Oh, so let's oh, just... I see. <laughs> nah, never mind. All right, scratch that. Scratch that. Yeah, don't tip your hand. I've, yeah, completely slipped my mind there. So, uh, and uh, I think that's it for uh, for our. our uh, our Twitter folks, our Twitter folks. Uh, but since we already have our uh, our patrons on the show, care to elaborate or say anything further about So This Is Love? I, I do have one thought. So I watched a lot of MTV in the mid-'80s. And, you know, 1984, MTV showed those videos. But you didn't have much else of Dave on MTV because the Pretty Woman yeah. video was banned. So there was this kind of, I just thought of this today, too. There's this concert series called the Dan Kirshner Concert Series that MTV would play late at night and they would play Unchained, hear about it later. And so this is love from the Oakland show, which is like the Holy grail of live Dave shows. And, you know, that that's where I kind of was exposed to live Dave Van Halen and, you know, it became a fan of the sense, but those three videos and that show, apparently they never recorded the other songs. I don't know if that's true or not, but that is the show of shows. Hmm. Cool stuff, Josh. I found your tweet, but uh, <laughs> it's like it's so mean. You're like, you were so mean to people, but uh, but it's fine. I'll read it. He said, "Down voters say thank you after they pick up their wife from her boyfriend's house." So, like you made a little cuckold uh, joke there. Um, care to elaborate further? I'm just I'm just a. Go <laughs> ahead. It's all love here. 
I'll assume that that was a little break. Uh, uh, it was kind of broken on my end. So a little bit, I'll, yeah. But I'll assume he said something uh, quite positive instead of negative. <laughs> oh, feel free to send it. Oh yeah, yeah. So okay, feel free to send it at upper mids if uh, if you if you want to uh, throw some shade his way. But uh, but don't do that. Throw it at me because uh, I I live for it. Um, but, uh, again, we had a lot, a lot of tweets, one snuck by me that, uh, wasn't on the Patreon, but if you guys want your tweets guaranteed read and I don't make a mistake, uh, then, uh, join the Patreon and uh, you will have them guaranteed read on the show. Let us, uh, speak into the world, out into broadcasting land, uh, your thoughts on particular Van Halen tracks the further we go on. So... Uh, that being said, Corey, it's time to do, uh, our favorite thing real quick. Say it with me. Manifestations. Manifestations. There it is. So, uh, I'm going to start with Josh. Josh, you're on the show. Uh, you might have, uh, put into the, uh, discord. I admit I didn't see it, but if you didn't, uh, or if you did just, uh, what do you, what do you want to manifest on the show tonight? I'm going to do a house pain. House of Pain. Ooh, that it's been a while since we've heard uh, someone manifest that. So it might be, might be time, might be time. Michael, how about you? So in honor of uh, the new Sammy uh, uh, remasters, I'm going to do Humans Being, which they actually released. I guess it's a new Van Halen single, right? Because they released it remastered on um, Apple Music and everything. Oh yeah, sounds great. But it sounded great before. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did, Chaz. Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> you little hater, hater. But uh, uh, going over to the uh, the manifestations uh, channel in our Discord. Hey, if you want to join our Discord, join our Patreon first. So there you go, A little incentive, and you can throw in your own manifestations. Scott Monroe says, "Summer nights." That's what he wants to manifest here. Uh, Perliniker wants. Uh, he, he's in the mood for uh, Baluchitirium. Um, and I'm p- quite sure I mispronounced that word, but uh, that's that's what he is in the mood for. I he think it's Balukatherium. Is it Balukatherium? Balukatherium, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Balukatherium, yeah. Um, either way, that one. Um, I'll admit, don't know. <laughs> but I'm, it's an instrumental. Yeah. So in well, order okay, to get that so... one, yeah, we're going to have to spin uh, what comes, Take Me Back, Deja Vu, I think. It's from Balance. So uh, to hear that one, we'll have to uh, roll uh, Take Me Back here tonight. Well, uh, Jeff Brewer agrees with Scott. Summer nights. So there's uh, there's two for summer nights right there. Uh, uh, humans being um, it was manifested by Chaz himself, and I'm I mean he's probably doing that for, as a uh, uh, reverse psychology. I'm going to assume that uh, you're okay. manifesting it so that we don't get it because the wheel likes to be fickle that way. Uh, Ryan is so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> he types. It's pronounced. <laughs> if anyone knows the, uh, the the phonetic alphabet, the IPA of that, please send it in there, and I can actually read it. Um, but uh, otherwise, otherwise that's not helpful. But thanks anyway, dude. Uh, Ryan Powell says uh, he needed he needs something heavier tonight. The dream is over. He wants he wants our uh, our naysay song. That's what he wants. Uh, but I wouldn't be mad about it because it's a Sammy track. Uh, House of Pain from Tom uh, Tom Armbruster. And uh, not Tim, because he's not an enchanter. Tom uh, wants House of Pain. So there you go. There's there's another one for House of Pain. Uh, and then, uh, oh, no, we got another one from for House of Pain uh, from, from Josh. Hey Josh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. And then Kevin said uh, also House of Pain. And there you go. 
So a lot of a lot of House of Pains happening. So there's a good chance we won't spin Ooh, yeah. it because <laughs> because the wheel is fickle. Corey, what do you want to manifest? Well, I'm thinking I, I want to uh, manifuxo tonight. So I want to go to the <laughs> fuck album. And uh, you know what? We haven't spun Pound Cake proper yet. We we spun the live mm. track. We haven't that's spun right. the studio track yet. I, I want I want a song that's going to knock Little Guitars off a of number one because oh. it. it kind of bugs me a little bit little guitars is our most popular song i love it, little guitars <clears throat> but number one <clears throat> i'm hoping maybe pound cake will do the trick so my manifuxo tonight is for pound cake how about you mark i'll be honest with you Corey, and i don't mean to shatter your dreams but i don't i don't know i don't know what song is left that can knock little guitar i thought it was going to be ain't talking about love i thought well, that was going to be you yeah. know Universal. I thought. Uh, I thought maybe maybe Unchained, but uh, no. I don't know what's what what's gonna do it. I just don't know. Um, but as far as my manifestation goes tonight, I'm with you, Corey. I think uh, a little bit of fuck album is in order. However, I want to hear Top of the World. That's oh, nice. uh, that's because I need I need to feel uh, like I'm standing on top of the world. I need, I need that good ego boost because, uh, uh, according to my lady and other people, Mercury's in, in uh, retrograde and shit's just falling apart and we're all miserable and, 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 uh, I'm yelling at my phone for no reason. So it's, uh, that's so, you know, we, I got I need an, e I need an ego boost so that, uh, I can not feel like everything's falling apart. So how about that? Hey, top of the Steve world. Steve Perry was number 30 and Ann Wilson was number 29 on the top 50 rock singers of all time. So if that's not an example of uh, Mercury and retrograde and everything falling apart, I don't know what is. Yeah, that and that's an example of humanity is is finished and there is no God. And there you go. <laughs> like, that's, that's where we're at right now. I just I'm ugh. I'm going to be heated about that for the rest of the show, but you won't have to worry, you guys, because we're going to listen to some Van Halen. It's up to you now. Wheel of Doom or Fortune. Uh, let's say we prime it, what, four times? There's four people on the call. Oh, there's actually five now. Somebody just jumped on, so let's uh, shuffle this sucker five times. One, Maybe there's six. Three, four, five. Let's do six. What the hell? All right. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, it's a big oh, one. Oh, no. <laughs> This is going to be the one that knocks off Little Guitars and the Cradle Will Rock. It could happen if, if it was going to be any track. It is our namesake and the Cradle Will Rock. My goodness. I'll be honest with you, though, Corey, I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad I because know. This, I know. It, it, it sh this should have been the one we ended on. But uh, no, it's happening now. The wheel said, uh, no, 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 no Sammy for use tonight. More Dave. And, and I uh, doubt we have anyone upset on the call here tonight that we got in the Cradle of Rock. I imagine everybody is quite happy. I mean, yeah. Everybody, well, oh, maybe, yeah. They don't wanna, maybe they don't want to tip their hand just yet. They're going to go like, uh, maybe, maybe. There's a good chance Michael's lying. Huh? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And he's in his head, he's going, I'm excited to talk shit here. about this song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and Josh is being stone-faced. So he's like, I uh, can't, can't read him. Can't get a read on that. So <laughs> I guess we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, not really a lot of uh, backstory on my end for this one. This is, I mean, I would imagine, much like the rest of you, this is uh, one of the quintessential Van Halen songs in their repertoire. So... 
what more needs to be said. Uh, I mean, after all, we named our show after it, so here we are. Um, so I'm good. I'm ready. Whenever you guys are ready, let's let's just kick right into this thing. Roll. We already have a prediction from Chaz. This will Chess, not beat Little Guitars. He says it won't. The, the pessimistic part of my brain... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got... Something happened off screen and I got distracted. Oh. Sorry. Uh, the pessimistic side of my brain wants to be like, yeah, I know. I'm agreeing with Chaz because it just probably just won't happen because it won't. No. Everything sucks, but yeah, because it's Mercury Gatorade or whatever. But uh, Mercury but Gatorade. There you go. Yeah, Mercury Gatorade. But the optimist in me says, hey man, it's got a shot. But you know what else this means? We just finished off Women and Children First. That's right. Whoa. So we'll have to do a Women and Children First oh. ranking show in September. Oh my God! Well, there you go. There you go. You, uh, you lurkers, you heard it. You heard it first. Uh, that's uh, so. Now we've got, we've got two ready to go. Wow! How about that? In two weeks, we've we've now completed two albums. Yeah, crazy, huh? Didn't think it was gonna happen. I'll be honest with you. Didn't think. We're... We're 30 songs away from finishing the Van Halen catalog. It, it's it's coming up uh, quick. Ryan Powell's already working on his rankings. That's a good man right there. Good man. Get Make a sure head you're ready for it. the end of September. Yeah. All right. What do you say? I'm ready. Let's listen to a little And the Cradle Will Rock. Sorry to do this right up front, but that was the first time the band used synthesizers in that opener mm -hmm. for for it. So, I mean, it kind of direction change for the band from Van Halen 1 and 2. A Wurlitzer electric piano, I believe, was used on this track. Yeah, through his Marshalls. Very cool, yep. Through the Marshall Plexi amplifier, absolutely correct. What a I've great always, kickoff of this album, though. Oh right, yeah, I, I've always... I, it's probably my favorite part of the song. I know that's weird to say, but just that uh, sort of train or, like, airplane intro that uh, that is, you know, the effect the effect he's using on his guitar. I've, like, always thought that was really cool. And always, in my little boy brain uh, learning guitar, I always thought, if I can figure out how to make that sound good, I'll have achieved a great guitar playing status. Um, I did figure it out. Uh, I didn't achieve great guitar playing status. Uh, I do okay. And uh, Ryan points out uh, the keyboard's playing the role of the rhythm guitar, uh, which is kind of a kind of cool, especially uh, on their third record here. And you know, the first yeah. time Eddie's played uh, piano on here. And then uh, Jeff, uh, with his two cents, says, "No way, Cradle beats little guitars. I don't think anything can at this point. I really think its score is abnormally high. And yes, it is very abnormally high. Not not that it's not a great track, but really, out of the entire catalog, little guitars uh, being the absolute pinnacle. Uh, I don't know. I know. That's why it's 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 almost like uh, the way that Billboard chart was ranked. So yeah, it's like putting Bono in the top 10 of vocalists. Like, vocalists? <laughs> like, lyricists? I could see, but vocalists? Come on. Over see, like, Ann Wilson. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I do love Bono a little more than you do, but yeah, I probably wouldn't have put him in my personal, like, rock top 10. <laughs> I can't wait to read your rant later tonight, man. Okay. It's be <laughs> It'll <great>. probably happen. <laughs> Some new sensation 
Mark, you had your hand up. I'm assuming you were either testifying or you wanted to say something. It was a rock testify, as as he said, rock on, because like I don't I don't see how you you don't. You know, it's like uh, it's not even a call and response. It's just that gut feeling. You just yes, do it, rock on. Um, yeah, I was just enjoying the track. <laughs> Jazz says lots of overdubs. He's got a harsh everybody's buzz. I mean. I- Yes, but I mean that you're gonna find that everywhere, and you're gonna find that with a lot of bands, a lot of layers, a lot of over. I mean, is that just that shit just kind of happens, especially yeah. in the uh, modern age? But I mean, yeah, it happened back then too. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, Ryan Powell says Eddie's lead guitar flourishes are very much in the background, which is interesting. It actually is, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So Dave, uh, I give Dave a lot of flack for a lot of his uh, lyric writing, but I also I try to give him a lot of props when he does the thing he does very well with his lyrics, and that's uh, paint an image and tell a story. This is definitely a story. This is like uh, this is like running with the devil vibes. You know what I'm saying? Just in terms of the lyrical uh, story or the lyrical portrait he is painting for you. Um, in my younger days, I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't really listen to it for the lyrics, but just kind of reading them now in this uh, older, in uh, somewhat wiser brain, um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's uh, he's obviously not talking about himself in this, or maybe do you think maybe he's he's trying to get a little like uh, autobiographical? Because uh, the way I understand his upbringing, like I don't think so. But uh, how do you guys feel about the story he is uh, uh, portraying in this in the lyrics? You know, he he was wealthy growing up, but yeah, he, he might have met more friends or just kind of when he went out before the band, just kind of, you know, going through life and not really having much of a purpose, probably, till he met met the brothers and all of that. Mm. I could see that parallel. Um, but you're right; it does. I mean, you can imagine this this kid walking down the street, just like Dave says, and he does paint a good picture, like he said. Yeah, even if it's not, uh, even if you you don't relate to it on a like personal level, it's like oh that happened to me. Or uh, even if it yeah. didn't, you can still uh, you very clearly see the image, and you can you can see you can put yourself, I guess, in the shoes of this, uh, for lack of a better term, character. Uh, Maybe he was talking about one of the brothers. You know, you look at it that. Been. Yeah, because they could have They they were the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That um, could be, or just like maybe it was somebody like a mutual friend or something, yeah. Um, yeah. or he's just, or he's just making it up right off the cuff. Who knows? Uh, I don't know that because I'm not an expert in uh, <laughs> David Lee Roth or Van Halen. Just a fan, just a fan making observations. Um, uh, uh, Josh, how you feeling about it? Well, I know he he mentioned something in his book about growing up, mm. like it's partially in uh, Indiana, mm-hmm. where you know he was 
probably not connected with a number of the people out there, you know, considering his uh, his background is a little different than everyone else's. Right. And uh, so, and, and I think that's kind of a universal, uh, I think just about everyone kind of goes through that in life, regardless of where they're, what their status is, you know, they, they feel that lack of connection and perhaps the only thing you have is, you know, your, whatever you can escape to with, whether it's books or music or, you know, just stirring in your emotions. Mm. Definitely for the, uh, the adolescence, uh, mindset, um, and yeah. growing up, you know, a lot of, a lot of a, uh, a coming of age story, if you will, sort of, uh, in this, in the, uh, yeah. cradle of rock. Uh, how are you feeling about it lyrically, Corey? Uh, I, I agree with everything you guys kind of said about it lyrically. Uh, it's one of my favorite, uh, uh, David Lee Ross songs actually that, that he penned, uh, I, I can see it being a little autobiographical, but he's a very talented lyricist. I know a lot of people mm. kind of push back on me when I say that, but he can write just horny bullshit and, and he can put a little more thought into it when needed. Uh, this one, I think had a little more thought to it. Um, the, the chat is kind of going crazy here. They're talking about, uh, little guitars, uh, being number one <laughs> and, uh, bringing it back to that Jeff Brewer, uh, he would choose mean street, but he would have thought the public at large would have chosen Panama, which I a hundred percent agree with. Like the fact Panama yeah. didn't do as well as it did is, is kind of, kind of weird. And, I wonder uh, if see. it's, if it's like the jump effect where so many people didn't give it the, uh, didn't give jump the upvote because they just overheard it. It's, uh, yep. they were, they were sick of it. They're like, eh, you know, whatever. It's just, nah, because uh, like, I don't even listen to that song anymore. Like, yeah, it's great, but I don't, I've heard it too much. So maybe Panama had something like that going for it. I don't know. Uh, Chaz thinks at its core and the cradle of rock is a song about the disillusionment of the American dream. Definitely feel that. Mm-hmm. Definitely feel well that. So yeah. So yeah. So yeah. so if that uh, yeah if, if that's kind of literally what Dave's going for, then he's he's painting a very clear picture. And when he does that well, he does it really well. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Jeff points out that on stage in 1980, the keyboard intro was played by Michael Anthony. So Woo, yeah. nice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, kind of cool. Uh, in the uh, on the uh, 07 08 tour, uh, David Lee Roth uh, says, "Have you seen Wolfie's grades instead of have you seen Junior's <laughs> grades?" So, I mean, how could you not? You know, just just to, you know, poke fun. It's like, yeah, we got a kid in the band, so why not? <laughs> uh, here, Jeff uh, got to finish his thought. Mike actually played the keyboard part during the 1980 tour because Ed was a guitar hero, and nobody wanted to see him play keyboards. He put that in quotes because that's what Dave always said, right? In an interview from then, Ed complained about Mike's play. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah it's like of course of course he did of course like, he did yeah man you're like look we love the brothers van halen but when they shit on mikey i just get like i get so defensive <laughs> and i don't know why yeah he's like the nicest guy so I, I think so i think that you know uh you know he, he does he does our intro for the show as you guys know so I'm like, come on man We're like we we love mikey and we, we wax poetic about his uh his his time in the band so yeah we're just we're very protective of that that man uh, one more thing before we play it again. I found a quote from Eddie Van Halen about this song. He says, uh, quote, Al and I jammed on the basic riff for And the Cradle Will Rock two hours a day for two straight weeks. We <laughs> didn't really know what to do with it, but we were having fun because it just sounded so wicked. Then out of nowhere, the chorus came to us and it was finished. Sometimes you really have to work for inspiration, but ultimately it's not really work because my brother and I genuinely love to jam. Yeah, and it, y- you can feel it. You definitely hear it. It's 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 all there. Uh, and if you see him uh, live footage, or if you're seeing him live you know, with Eddie grinning all the time, he's like, yeah, he's having fun. 
Yep, absolutely. All right, let's get back to it. Here. All right, uh, I found a quote on that guitar solo, and he said, quote, the solo in that song is unusual. I do one short lick that's very spontaneous. It came up because I'd been listening to Alan Holdsworth, who I think is the <laughs> baddest. This was a first take. A bunch of songs on that album were first takes. I love that because that that little moment, and you all know the moment he's talking about. It's like, doo, 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 doo. like I mm-hmm. always felt like even though that little riff feels like it should be out of place for the whole song for some reason it doesn't it just it just and maybe it's just because we've lived with the song for so long at this point we just know we just know it's there and if you take it out it's gonna feel weird um but i don't know i just even even when i'm a kid listening to that i always go like this this part sounds weird but it it's the transition works somehow i don't know how that how you manage to pull that off but then again we're talking about van halen they've that's what they do that part, though, with, coupled with then Dave coming right in, makes it even better. And, yeah, and Dave, they knew how to work together and really do that, where he does, you know, his riff, and then Dave just comes smashing in right after that. Found a little piece of uh, trivia uh, on the day that uh, Eddie bought this piano. Uh, he wrote another Van Halen song on it. Any guesses as to what that song was? Jump. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good guess yep it was either it was either going to be jump or like once maybe one or two other like piano heavy uh of their tracks so i just went to the obvious one <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, apparently eddie broke two keys on the Wurlitzer uh because he was pounding on him so hard while they were recording this so that that, that, right. that tracks yeah that makes sense <laughs> All right, let's keep it rocking. You've seen Junior's great. All right, I found another cool Eddie Van Halen quote here about And the Cradle of Rock. Uh, that was the f- also the first time I played keyboards in the studio. A lot of people don't know that because it doesn't really sound like a keyboard. I had an old Wurlitzer electric piano and I pumped it through my Marshalls. I just pounded on the lower registers and put it through an MXR flanger to get that weird sound. Ted said, wow, what the hell is that? 
oh, nothing, just me screwing around. So we recorded it. That was my first encounter with the band not wanting me to play keyboards. When we did the song live, Mike played it. They didn't want a guitar hero playing keyboards on stage. <laughs> oh, boy. That's hilarious, though. I just <laughs> love the, the uh, uh, just the, the ingenuity just to try that just to try like oh, what happens if i plug this into this uh this flange effect uh and then yeah. <laughs> even your producer like the hell what was that what is that sound you're making like oh this no like just you want to always try new things uh yeah. typically in the studio but i don't know like it takes a very special kind of uh curious mind to just uh, at that time come up with that idea i mean that's 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 brilliant man yeah uh, Jeff Brewer uh, says uh, Ed Pounds on all his keyboard songs. He's not usually delicate on the keys. No, he certainly is not. Uh, no. Except, except maybe how many say I, uh, which we won't we won't invoke <laughs> here because we're having a good yeah, time. Yeah, don't invoke it. We're yeah, it's a, this yeah. is a fun show. And Jeff says Dave lyrics are pretty good here. I think they're pretty great here, Jeff. Absolutely, yeah, yeah fantastic stuff. All things considered, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. So if we can go back to that guitar solo, um, and you talk about the Holdsworth influence, you know, before have you seen Junior's grades? Following that, you can really hear the Clapton influence with the really aggressive bends, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just and some of the interplay. It sounds a little bit like um, maybe um, Mark III, Deep Purple era, with Coverdale and vocals, and uh, Glenn Hughes. Um, you know the you know the real heavy emphasis on the keys and the and the and the guitar at times playing a little uh, background to the keys being so heavy. Uh, Ryan Powell says Ed's attack on how many say I actually proves Jeff's point, uh, forcing me to go back and listen to that song, which I, I'm not keen on doing, but I will just to. <laughs> you don't have to. No one's no one's forcing you. I, I feel like it's my job at this point. <laughs> That's that is a uh, I, I salute you on your on your re journey, I guess. <laughs> hey, at some point, we're going to finish off Van Halen three and we're going to yeah, have a live right. show ranking it. So. Ooh, you're all going to want to stay tuned for that one. Oh, boy. Let's not worry about that now. Let's keep no. enjoying the goodness <laughs> of And the Cradle of Rock. Rock Right, that's and the cradle will rock. Ron, nineteen eighties women and children first. The first single from women and children first. Uh, Chuck Klosterman ranked right. the fiftieth best Van Halen song of all time, uh, saying, "Quote: I've always found it a bit ponderous and uncompromisingly average, but I've also listened to it somewhere in the vicinity of eight thousand times." So maybe he's just a little tired <laughs> yeah. of it. Oh, but but it's average. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I think it is. It's like well, it's just like again, it's the jump effect. I think it's yeah. people are just so, which worries me even further about uh, how um, how the ranking for this one's going to go I know. Uh, in terms of the poll or just the votes. Um, but I implore you guys, 
vote with your heart, not with uh, you know, not with your dumb brain. Uh, we we all got dumb brains, but so it's just like you vote with your heart. Come on, you know the true answer. Uh, that's all I say. That's all I ask. But uh, there it is, and the cradle will rock, rock on, all you rockers. I mean, there, there's a reason we're named after it, man. Like that's there it is right there. I I mean, why why uh, uh, play it off, skip any notions? Let's just go straight to our patrons there, uh, Michael. You know this song, you you, uh, you groove into it, uh, but how do you really feel? Is the cradle will rock what dreams are made of, or is the dream over? It, this is well, it's a, another great opener. So they, they just have it mastered at how to open an album. So... Uh, Kudos to that. And what's interesting is, I think you guys, I'm sure, have said it. A lot of people have said it as Van Halen 1 and 2 are kind of one big album. And then here's the one where it's like, okay, the band's evolved. They're changing direction a little. You know, the rock's getting more, uh, a little more aggressive, like Romeo Delight. But then they're, they're exploring new things like In a Simple Rhyme. And then this song, I mean, they bring in a new instrument and they never did in the previous two. So it's a great song. The lyrics are great. Uh, the solo is great. The outro, they either do one or two outros. They do the fade out like this one, or they do the just kind of the big explosion outro. Um, it's cool. And, it, and it, it's a great opener, too, to kind of set the stage for, you know, what's to come. Hell yeah, hell yeah, good stuff, man. There it is. Uh, Josh, we throw it to you, man. Uh, you've, you've been keep got your uh, uh, your blank face, keeping a lot to uh, you know. There you go. Okay, there it is. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah th this is a uh, another great uh, opener as well as uh, a new direction for the band um, and all the experimentation and the chances they took they all hit so you know definitely a thumbs up for me there you go um i mean what what more need be said am i right but instead i throw it to Corey. i throw it to you my dude what uh i mean do i really do i really need to or can i just vote for the both of us <laughs> i think you can vote for the both of us <laughs> Uh, after you, sir. Fuck off. If you downvote this, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Who hurt you? Are, are you pissed off at Dave Lee Roth for his idiotic tweets? Uh, did Sammy piss you off uh, at some point in his solo career and, and you just hate Van Halen? Uh, I can't imagine Eddie Van Halen ever pissing you off because he was just salt of the earth. Michael, like, oh, fuck, this is so fucking cool. Lyrically, it's great. Musically, it's great. We didn't even talk about Alex. What an amazing performance on the drum. The cymbal sounds so fucking cool, especially on the hat. On the verses, listen to him on the hi-hat. Like, just nice and crisp and clean, and everything is fucking popping. Drums killing it, bass killing it, guitar killing it. This is like top 10 Van Halen for me. Uh, absolutely 100% what dreams are made of. And better than little guitars. There, I said it. <laughs> Uh, I echo that sentiment. It's definitely better than Little Guitars. We don't hate that song, obviously. Nope. Uh, but this this song just absolutely, much like The Cradle, rocks. And it rocks much harder than that song. Um, 
to me, this is one of those uh, quintessential uh, Van Halen tunes. Like, it's one of those, if there was just a small playlist, just a very short playlist of Van Halen songs that are essential, in my, in my opinion, somewhere in that small list, this song goes on there. Um, and, you know, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a... Uh, because it's the Dave era versus the Sammy, like has nothing to do with that. Because if Sammy did this, he would he would do a, a good job. I think uh, it would be different, but it would be a good job. Uh, but nevertheless, it's just a good Van Halen song, and I defy any of you out there to tell me that uh, this song doesn't at least uh, come into your brain just a little bit when someone mentions the Van Halen uh, repertoire, as it were. Uh, because yeah, this one's it's iconic. This song is iconic. Obviously, we named our show after it. Damn it! Uh, but just nevertheless, man, it's like the numbers don't lie. Like it's it's all it's popular for a reason. People love this song. I will be shocked, shocked. I tell you, if the voting does not break uh, 90% on yeses, and if it doesn't, I will have words with each and every one of you. <laughs> There will be rants aplenty from Mark Kamire, but Chaz says Sammy would not do this one well. Your thoughts, Mark Kamire? My thoughts are, I acknowledge you believe that. I also believe you're wrong. <laughs> and and also, uh, uh, Jeff is quite helpfully says, hey, this would be a good title for a Van Halen podcast. Shit. And, uh, yeah, Ryan says almost, but not quite there. Maybe a small modification like and the Cradleable podcast or... <laughs> podcast the cradle will rock and podcast cradle will rock uh, and the cradle will podcast again uh, lots of great uh suggestions there uh we went with obviously the worst one unfortunately but yeah yeah we can't yeah, take yeah. it back now no it's, there's there's merchandise we can't we can't uh, exactly. undo all that merch, merch so yep. you know but you know we what have we can hashtag, do you know what you know what we can do oh we're bringing this back yes because uh we're not done yet <laughs> no <laughs> we're determined. not this one I, is a shocker, too, folks. You're going to... Uh, oh, I couldn't believe this one. How many times has Van Halen performed and the cradle will rock? You would think in the 6 700s, right? Well, you might be surprised. Let's start with Michael Griffith. Michael, how many times do you think Van Halen performed and the cradle will rock? I mean, it has to be up there. They, I thought while I was there, so they did this during the reunion with Dave, so... I'm going to say 325. 325. All right, Josh. I'm going to go 55. 55? That's way low. All right. Okay. Mark Meyer, what do you think? Well, the, you said the answer might surprise, so we're going to have to go kind of the opposite way. I think they played this only 30 times. 30 times. Well, I tell you, we have a winner, and it's Josh. The correct answer is 207 oh. times. So you not made quite it seem that, like they like didn't they didn't play it all that much. So like what the yeah. shit? Two hundred times well, that's a lot. Check this out. They played it in 1980, 112 times, and then they oh. didn't play it again until 2007. <laughs> that's what I found surprising. They didn't play it at all during the yeah, Sammy era. They I guess that uh, is, yeah, yeah. And it's a single too, right? So yeah, to not a play a single, that's that's strange. It hit I number we'll 55 on the Billboard Hot 100, and yeah, they only played it. Like I said, only 207 times. But when you think about, uh, you know, their 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 song stats, uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, uh, six seven hundred times they played some of these songs. So yeah. the fact that they only played that one, a classic song, 200 times, ain't talking about love was played 1,200 times. 
<laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's and that's the yeah. uh, that's that's a mainstay song. Yeah. Like even Sammy played that one. Yeah. So they got yeah. he played yes, he did. And spoiler alert, he does it way better live. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Here's and, a good and one. And I guess "Dance the Night Away" was played 605 times. And I'm going to ruin oh, that wow. because we yeah. we haven't covered that one yet. So remember that, Mark Kamire, for when we cover that song. But I'll I'll see. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> some, sometimes this information just leaves my brain. So, uh, but we'll see. Uh, that is that is kind of shocking though that uh, they they took such a uh, hiatus, as it were, uh, from that song. Because um, again, I think it's a quintessential Van Halen tune. But what do I know? I'm not in the band. Um, but nevertheless, yet. there you are. There, yeah, yeah, not yet. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it ain't happening uh, unless unless Wolfie decides it's like, hey, I want that guy to join me on stage real quick. I'm like, hey, um, but we all can dream. Uh, but speaking of dreams, the dream was not over on tonight's episode. No, full sweep. Uh, this is what dreams are made of for, and the cradle will rock. And why wouldn't it be? Am I right? So. Big shout out to uh, all you lurkers. Thank you guys for being in the chat. Uh, all of our patron uh, patrons, as were. In fact, I will list off who our patrons are. So just to give you a big old thank you. Uh, first, we'll start uh, with Michael and Josh. Thank you guys for being on the show. I mean, thank hey, you. Thank you guys. it's the, one of the perks, man. If you guys want to be on the show, uh, just like these guys, join our Patreon. Get on the right tier. If we don't have a tier that looks right for you, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out because I guarantee we can do something uh, but uh, here are some other people enjoying the perks Matt Lacoste Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast Rave Aflav uh, Greg Zito Chaz Charles our, our chart man Chaz as it were uh, Sean McGinnity Kevin Brown Per Lineker Scott Monroe Ryan Powell Jeff Brewer Ben Andriozzi uh, Tom Armbruster Scott Everett Heath McCoy and Janice Risco. Thank you all so much. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's awesome. We love interacting with you guys, uh, both on Twitter and the Discord. Uh, you get to join our Discord channel when you join the Patreon, and it's it's always a, a fun conversation. You guys keep it really entertaining. So thank you for that. Um, Corey, will you please let the people know where they can find all of the show's goodness and uh, the like-minded shows? Oh, they can find us at www.podcastwillrock.com. You can pick up some merch, catch up on old episodes, uh, check out some of our friends, and uh, you can visit our, our social media at Podcast Will Rock on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all run by the amazing Mark Kameyer, and now on YouTube at Podcast Will Rock. You can actually watch the video uh, of this broadcast here. If you want to see Michael and uh, Josh's pretty faces, that's the best way to do so. Uh, we're getting a ton of views on YouTube uh, somehow, so thank you very much for all the people who found us on YouTube. Uh, over like 1200 uh, on the Chaz Charles episode it's the Chaz factor uh, he he brings all <laughs> he brings all the fans to the yard Chaz Charles does so expect more Chaz in the near future uh, but check us out on YouTube the live show is August 26th we are going to be ranking uh, fair warning all of our patrons get a vote they get to send in their rankings and we're reaching out to some special guests like eric sinich like greg runoff like a few more to get their rankings on fair warning as well and we're going to compile all the all the votes together and come up with the ultimate and the podcast will rock ranking a fair warning and as um, we pointed out here we just knocked off women and children first as well that'll be september's live show so check Spoiler that out alert. 
Yes, but if, if you love rock podcasts, the best place to check them out is at the uh, Deep Dive Podcast Network, uh, where you can find such shows as Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited with myself and Scott Haskin, Backtracks Steam Music with myself and John Mariano, uh, The Ultimate Catalog Clash with myself and Kevin Brown this season recovering Phil Collins era Genesis. You can also catch Kevin at the Tom Petty Project and Seaside Pod Review with Randy Wood. Scott Haskin has a show called Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast. The Simple Men at Skinnered Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods. Andy and Mac at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. Anthony Kiedis made that top 50 vocalist list. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast. Clay and Rye at North by South Podcast. Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What. Quinn at Volume for All. Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. And Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. And please check out all of our uh, favorite podcasts that aren't so much music related. We have Sean Geek and the Fast Fret Podcast. You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast. The DLR Cast, the Bogus Oda Show. Pod of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting. Booked on Rock with the legendary Eric Senich. Dissect that film and Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. Whew. Lots and lots. Thank you so much for uh, listing those off. Uh, once again, sending our thank yous to our uh, our honored guests and uh, honoree uh, members of the show, uh, Michael and Josh. You guys, always a pleasure having you on. Thank you guys so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks well, for of course. <laughs> so, uh, and a big... Uh, uh, just for the show's sake, and uh, I feel like there's a quota. You get in uh, one apologies to Gary and zero apologies to uh, the Billboard uh, site and charts <laughs> and rankings. Uh, you guys, I have so much to say to you, and you're not even ready for it. Um, so <laughs> be, be on the lookout for that. Uh, just, oh, God, the more I keep thinking about it. I was actually done thinking about it until you brought up Anthony Kiedis. That made me angry, like, too. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, so, uh, but anyway, I digress. And, uh, you know, if you, if you want more, if you want to look forward to that, I guess follow me on Twitter at MarkTheBat to see if I just absolutely let Billboard have it for having such a st- stupid uh anyway or maybe i won't maybe i'll uh take the high road and just forget it but i doubt it anywho but at mark the bat on twitter and instagram if you want to follow me uh and all that um and uh yeah be as Corey said be on the lookout for that live show man we're gonna talk about fair warning we finally finished uh, that's our first album we finished so that's a it's a an amazing feat and we couldn't have done it without you guys uh without your support your votes Keep the voting coming. Keep the support coming. Share the show with your friends. I guarantee if you like Van Halen, you know somebody else who likes Van Halen. So, hey, maybe uh, they'd like to hear uh, a couple of schmoes like us talk about Van Halen because we are not experts. We are not rock historians. We are simply humble fans who listen to a lot of rock music, and we happen to really love a band, uh, and we wanted to talk about it. We based a whole show around them. That is the deal. That's what it is, and that's what it's always been. It's what we'll continue to do until the wheel has no more songs for us to talk about, and then we'll probably still go anyway, so be on the lookout for that we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later